Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Breaking news tonight. Four police officers fired. Shocking video shows a white officer kneeling on the neck of a black man for several minutes. I can breathe. Please knee my neck. The man dies in custody, and now the FBI is investigating. Tonight, protests forming in Minnesota. The U.S. death toll nearing 100,000. On hopes of a new vaccine and economic recovery, the stock market rallies. Trading returned to the New York Stock Exchange, but with temperature checks, no handshakes, and fewer workers. We'll tell you which states are seeing cases rise. And Apple makes a major announcement. Confrontation in Central Park, the video that has sparked a national conversation. A white woman calls 911 after a black man asks her to leash her dog. Armed and dangerous, an urgent manhunt in multiple states. Police and federal agents are looking for a college senior suspected of at least two murders and a kidnapping. His family pleased tonight that he turn himself in. T-minus one day on the eve of a historic launch, we speak exclusively to Elon Musk, the entrepreneur at the center of the first launch of American astronauts from U.S. soil in nearly a decade. But will the forecast scrub the mission? Plus, the astounding number of Americans who answered Steve Hartman's bugle call to duty on Memorial Day. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to get to the rising death toll from coronavirus in just a moment. But there's breaking news tonight in the shocking case of an unarmed African-American man who died after being handcuffed and then pinned to the ground by Minneapolis police. Four officers have been fired tonight, and the FBI is investigating after cell phone video showed one of the officers with his knee on George Lloyd's neck for at least seven minutes. 
even after Floyd's body went limp. Tonight, prosecutors are, I should say protesters, are gathering outside of the restaurant where it all happened just a week after Minnesota lifted its stay-at-home orders. The incident comes as much of the country is grappling with the fallout of a Memorial Day reopening that saw many Americans not socially distancing. And at least 27 states are seeing increases in cases of COVID-19. And as we come on the air, the country is approaching 100,000 deaths from the virus. Tonight, nearly 99,000 people have been killed here in the U.S., and there are close to 1.7 million cases nationwide. There is a lot of news to get to tonight, and we have a team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Jeff Pegues is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Minneapolis. Jeff. Nora, there is a growing crowd of protesters here around me, several hundred people, and they've gathered around the bus stop where George Floyd's arrest was caught on cell phone video. Now, police say that he was resisting arrest, but there is new video tonight raising questions about that. This video obtained by CBS News shows what appears to be the start of the confrontation between George Floyd and Minneapolis police officers. The video from a restaurant security camera shows officers taking him into custody, but the restaurant's owner says it does not show Floyd resisting arrest. From what I saw on the camera, it didn't really look like he was resisting at all. Moments later in a cell phone video, Floyd is heard pleading for air. Please. Four police officers were responding to a call about counterfeiting on Monday evening. Floyd is pinned to the ground by a white officer with his knee at the back of his neck. People gathered in the crowd plead with the officer to ease up. You trapped him, he's breathing right there, bro. About four and a half minutes after the video starts, Floyd appears motionless. But the officer doesn't remove his knee until Floyd's apparently listless body is rolled onto a stretcher. He was pronounced dead later at a hospital. At the scene of the incident, demonstrators gathered for what they call an I Can't Breathe protest. That is eerily reminiscent of the 2014 chokehold death of Eric Garner after New York City police officers tried to arrest him for illegally selling cigarettes. And it comes nearly three weeks after Ahmad Arbery's death in Georgia captured national attention. Three white men are charged with killing him after suspecting that he was a burglary suspect. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. Today, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry apologized to the city's African-American community. When you hear someone calling for help, you are supposed to help. This officer failed in the most basic human sense. Minneapolis police say that the officers involved were wearing body cameras and that those cameras were activated. And so that video could fill in some gaps. But these protesters out here, they believe they've seen enough. They've been chanting that they want the officers prosecuted. Nora. All right. Jeff Pegues in Minneapolis tonight. Jeff, thank you. We want to turn now to the coronavirus. More than half of the states are seeing upticks in new cases. Yet tonight, every state is reopening segments of its economy. That includes New York and California, where salons and barbershops just got the OK to reopen in most counties. CBS's Meg Oliver reports tonight from the one-time epicenter of the virus, New Rochelle, New York. Meg. 
Nora, it was 76 days ago today the National Guard moved into New Rochelle to try and contain the outbreak. Today, Main Street started to slowly reopen, and on Wall Street, traders were allowed back on the floor for the first time since March. Good to see you guys. Shortly after New York Governor Andrew Cuomo rang the opening bell, Stocks surged their highest levels in nearly three months, fueled by states slowly reopening their economies and developments of potential vaccines. We're going to turn the page on COVID-19, and we're going to start focusing on reopening and how we reopen and how smart we are in reopening. Today, traders return to the floor, but with restrictions, including mandatory masks and temperature checks. Over the Memorial Day weekend, coast to coast, thousands flocked to beaches, marking the unofficial start of summer. In Missouri, health officials are now asking these partygoers at the Lake of the Ozarks to self-quarantine for two weeks. Thank God we're, we're at this point. Here in New Rochelle, New York, the first phase of reopening began, including construction, manufacturing, and retail, allowing curbside pickup. Lou Vaccaro owns the curtain shop. Today is a great day. We've been waiting for this um, for, I guess, a couple of months now. Across the country, at least 27 states are seeing an increase in the average number of new cases compared to two weeks ago. Minnesota, which partially reopened May 10th, reported its highest number of ICU patients on Monday. In Alabama, where the stay-at-home order was lifted nearly a month ago, cases and deaths in Montgomery County have doubled over the last two weeks. I don't think that it helped for us to ease restrictions restrictions in the state of Alabama because I believe that also led to a false sense of security uh, that this was over. The outbreak isn't over in Los Angeles County either, where they just recorded their highest number of new cases in a day. Dodger Stadium now serves as the county's largest testing site. Meanwhile, sports leagues are announcing their returns. The National Hockey League says they will resume play this summer. And a big announcement from Apple. They plan to reopen almost half of their U.S. stores by the end of the week. Face coverings and temperature checks will be required at the door. Nora. A sign of the changing times. Meg Oliver, thank you. President Trump is hailing today's stock market jump, using it to talk up the economy and press states to quickly reopen. But as the U.S. approaches 100,000 COVID deaths, the president's Democratic opponent is offering a new pointed attack on Mr. Trump's leadership during this crisis. Ben Tracy reports tonight from the White House. It was a stark contrast on Memorial Day. President Trump without a mask. His November opponent, former Vice President Joe Biden, wearing one. The president then retweeted someone making fun of how Biden looked. Today, the president seemed confused as to when you're supposed to wear a mask. Biden can wear a mask, but he was standing outside with his wife, perfect conditions, perfect weather. They're inside, they don't wear masks. And so I thought it was very unusual that he had one on. The former vice president hit back this afternoon. He's a fool, an absolute fool to talk that way. I mean, every leading doc in the world is saying we should wear a mask when you're in a crowd. Meanwhile, President Trump continues his long-running feud with MSNBC host Joe Scarborough, tweeting six times about a debunked conspiracy theory that the former Republican congressman killed one of his young staff members, Lori Klesutis, in 2001. It's a very suspicious thing, and uh, I hope somebody gets to the bottom of it. Whether it's the president 
or whether it's people following the president, it is unspeakably cruel. Her husband, Timothy, sent a letter to Twitter asking them to delete the president's tweets. He wrote, the president of the United States has taken something that does not belong to him, the memory of my dead wife, and perverted it for perceived political gain. Twitter apologized for his loss, but said it won't remove the president's tweets. Twitter is not removing the president's tweets, but for the first time, it is fact-checking him. In two recent tweets, the president has falsely claimed that mail-in ballots are fraudulent. The site now links to information showing that the president's claims are unsubstantiated. Now, all of this has overshadowed what the White House wanted their big announcement to be today, and that, that, and that is that insulin costs for seniors are now being capped at $35 a month. Nora. All right, Ben Tracy at the White House tonight. Thank you. Tonight, a multi-state manhunt is intensifying for a University of Connecticut senior accused of killing two men and taking off in a stolen car. Here's CBS's Errol Barnett. Pennsylvania State Police say 23-year-old Peter Manfredonia is armed and dangerous. The University of Connecticut senior was last seen Sunday after getting out of a rideshare in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Then walking along train tracks carrying a duffel bag police say is filled with stolen guns. We want to hear from you. Please call 911. Let us know where you are. Manfredonia is suspected of two murders in Connecticut over the weekend. Authorities allege his killing spree began Friday when he attacked 62-year-old Theodore Demers with a machete or sword. Police believe Manfredonia then drove 60 miles south to this house in Derby, Connecticut, where he allegedly killed an acquaintance of his, 23-year-old Nicholas Isley, kidnapping his girlfriend in her own car. We spoke with a man who shared this house with the couple. Because the kid's still at large, if he does something to somebody else, I'm really going to feel bad that, no, I didn't call the police. The FBI has joined in the manhunt, which now spans three states. Now, Manfredonia grew up in Newtown, Connecticut, and his parents say through an attorney he dealt with anxiety and depression for years. They, too, are urging him to turn himself in. Nora. Errol Barnett, thank you. We are less than 24 hours from a series of firsts for America's space program, the first manned orbital mission in nearly a decade, and the first using a privately owned and operated spacecraft. But it all depends on the weather. CBS's Mark Strassman reports tonight from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Tomorrow's launch forecast, improving. For SpaceX and its Falcon 9 rocket, there's a 60% chance the weather on the launch pad will cooperate for a moment in space history. Along the U.S. eastern seaboard, seas are calm. That's important. Launch escape initiated. In a launch crisis, the SpaceX capsule would ditch to safety in the Atlantic Ocean. Flashdown. You genuinely believe if something goes wrong, you've got options. Absolutely. Yeah. NASA astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley have both flown twice before to the International Space Station. They're more than crewmates, they're best friends. I gotta believe that's a help. It absolutely right. is a help. I think we're way past the polite stage in our relationship. <laughs> the space agency hired the scrappy startup to design and build a new generation of spacecraft. For starters, the Falcon 9 is reusable. That revolutionized rocketry by slashing costs. Astronauts in streamlined suits will climb into a crew capsule with a retro look outside. But with all its G-Wiz technology inside, Crew Dragon has been compared to a flying iPhone. What does this moment mean to you? This is the culmination of a dream. We spoke this afternoon with SpaceX founder Elon Musk and NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine. 
Man, they're cool, cool as a cucumber. Nerves of steel. I sent him a text. I said, if there's anything you want me to do anything. to stop this. Exactly. <laughs> totally. I'll, yes. I'll stop it in a heartbeat. Yes. And both of them said, we're go for launch. They're, they're, they're brave. Musk also told me that early on he gave his fledgling SpaceX company less than a 1% chance of succeeding. It's now poised to make space history. And now, of course, the astronauts, once they launch, are supposed to spend at least six weeks up in the space station. But for now, everyone's concern is just to launch them safely. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. And a programming note, Mark will join me tomorrow for live coverage of the SpaceX Crew Dragon launch tomorrow afternoon. We'll come on the air at 4.20 Eastern Time. Hope you'll join us. Tonight, a white woman who wrongfully called the police on a black man in New York City's Central Park has been fired from her job at an investment company. Amy Cooper angrily confronted the man who was birdwatching in the park and had asked her to put her dog on a leash as required. Here's CBS's Mola Lenghi. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. The confrontation caught on video sparked a national outcry of racism and today cost Amy Cooper her job. It all started when Christian Cooper, no relation, who's filming, asked her to leash her dog in a section of Central Park, which requires it to protect the wildlife. Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Cooper did just that. There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear you that. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. Within 24 hours of the video, Amy Cooper apologized, returned the dog to a rescue center, and Thank lost you. her job. Her employer, Franklin Templeton, stated in a tweet, we do not tolerate racism of any kind at Franklin Templeton. Christian Cooper, an avid bird watcher, spoke out for the first time today. We need to start uh, treating each other as us rather than, rather than as, you know, other. Well, Amy Cooper said she was scared because she was alone here in Central Park. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio called the video racist, quote, pure and simple, saying in a tweet that Miss Cooper called the police on Mr. Cooper, even though she was the one breaking the rules, according to the mayor, adding that type of hatred has no place in New York City. Nora? Or anywhere. Mola, thank you. CBS's Steve Hartman asked you to help honor America's fallen on Memorial Day. We were blown away by the response. And here's a special on the road. Chris Siegenthaler is about to perform for no one in particular. You hope they hear the song. You hope they pause for a minute and understand the message that you're trying to send. And Chris wasn't alone. In the next town over, across the country and around the world, buglers and trumpet players joined together to play taps yesterday for what turned out to be one of the largest musical tributes of all time. Tens of thousands of soloists all playing in unison. This was my idea, but not mine alone. Last week, I reached out to a guy named Yari Villanueva, who has a group called Taps for Veterans. I explained my vision, and as I did, I could almost feel him smiling on the other end of the line. Great minds think alike, you know? Like me, Yari knew Taps would be the perfect song for this imperfect time. It's, it's not only a, a military call, but also a call that reassures us. 
So together, we promoted TAPS Across America. The response was breathtaking. From the mountains to the prairies to every elevation in between, people from all walks of life walked outside to play in parking lots and national parks, beside lakes and rivers and oceans. The musicians were some of the best, like Ethan Bensdorf with the New York Philharmonic, and some of the greenest, like nine-year-old Caitlin Sanders from Ellicott City, Maryland, who spent all weekend learning. But no matter what the skill level, no matter what the stage, setting, or instrument, the mood and message echoed just the same. That we are a country of patriots. You think maybe we stumbled onto something here and maybe this will go on year after year? Having something like this, maybe every Memorial Day will continue for forever. I really hope so. I hope so too. And on that note, I'm Steve Hartman, CBS News, On the Road. And I hope so too. Proof again we live in the greatest country in the world. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Pomp and Pit Stops, a graduation that got seniors revved up. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Have a good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.